and we don't know if this is genuine. Yes. But later in episode three, Garrett appears and says that he is actually starting to like Sarah. And fuck me sideways, I believe him. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. And welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Right, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, how are you? I'm back, baby. You're um, back. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, I'm living a life of leisure now. It is all um, over and done with, but I don't know that I have a personality anymore because all I used to do is talk <laughs> about the bar and the fact that I was studying and very, very busy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, now I have to like do things to um, have something to talk about. But yeah, no, life is good. I um, spent my afternoon at the beach reading with uh, with another friend who took the bar and is in a similar situation. And so yeah, life is good. And um, thank you so much for your super sweet reel. I loved it. And thank you to everyone who contributed. I put it, I like thanked people via story, but I just want to thank the listeners who um, maybe if they missed it or anything like that. So um, truly it really makes such a difference and I just felt very supported and like we have built this family and it was really nice. We have built this family. It was, everybody was uh, so excited to wish you luck. So Allie, guess what? You just got a text from a boy. I got a text. <laughs> it is love <laughs> on season, baby. Anyway. Okay. We'll deal with that later. Ha. Great. <laughs> okay. So the bad news of my life right now is that yes. I, I, quickly mentioned one day that I was like dealing with an ex- expired passport mm. and unfortunately it will not be coming in time. And so I'm canceling my trip to Mexico that I'm supposed to be leaving for in 48 hours. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That's so frustrating. I know it's okay. I am at peace with it. I'm finding, trying to find silver linings, but it is what it is. It's just all, it's a fucked situation with between COVID and government processes and all of it's just a mess, but Yeah. Enjoying my time in LA. Well, as I said to you earlier, try to channel that energy that one feels when one has plans and then cancels them and gets to stay home. Exactly. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to nest. I'll, I'll go to the beach here. It's honestly like Mexico exists. It, Mexico will come back. It's, it was certainly more about going on the trip with my friends. Like that's what yeah. I'm going to be sad to miss out on, but, um, but I'll make sure they have no fun without me. Yeah. What I was, the person I was at the beach with was like, well, it's like supposed to thunderstorm a couple days anyway. I was like, that's very sweet. (laughs) I was like, but I still want you to have a great time. But yeah, it was funny. Well, I'm sure they will miss your planning skills while they are there. That's true. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feeling all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. 
They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. So you had a million updates with Alana yesterday, or not yesterday. Wow, what the hell am I saying? Last What week, is time? Yeah. Do you, um, what are we at now? How are things going? I Honestly, they're stagnant. I uh, So oh, where do I even start? Okay, so the camper. Yeah. The camper and I, it is at time of recording, it is Monday. The camper and I have not spoken since Thursday. The last communication was me. So, uh, by the way, I had my first IRL follower meetup last week on Looks Thursday. so fun. It was so fun. I still need to do a video about it. Honestly, I like this week has. Or last week and this week already, it's Monday and it's gotten away from me. Um, but I want to do like a video about it because I took a bunch of videos and all the followers I met were lovely and we had the best time. Um, and I was out until one in the morning on a Thursday, which is Wild. not my usual vibe. Wild. And I was a little loosey-goosey with my text messages at that time. And I decided that that would be a good time to ask the camper if he wanted to do a FaceTime date. What exactly did it say, the text? Because this is this is important. So this is the problem, is that let, we can go to the tape. Great. But the problem is that I didn't – I did not mean at that moment. I did not want to FaceTime with him at 1 in the morning, regardless of the fact that I knew he was asleep. Even if he had been awake, I did, that was not my intent. My intent was to ask him if he would sometime in the future be interested – in a FaceTime date situation, as we've discussed. Right. I, so we were talking that day and into the evening. And then I said at 12.18 a.m., I think we should do a FaceTime date. Yeah. It's not enough information. It's not. It- <laughs> it's unclear. It's very unclear. I recognize that. I debated with you in the morning following up to clarify what I meant, I decided not to slash got busy at work and never did, but like decided not to in that moment was like, I'll come back to this decision. Mm-hmm. And I never came back to that decision. And obviously now I, it's way too late yes. to come back to the decision. And there has been no communication since. No, which is not super unusual. As I mentioned with Alana last week, like we have decreased our communication frequency to like every few days we'll talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Which I th- I think is way better. We were talking way too much. I think that's a far more sustainable pace for the situation. I totally agree with you. But so this isn't necessarily an unusual amount of time. And also, it's happened before that I've texted him. He wakes up at 5 a.m. every day. It's happened before that I've texted him after he's asleep and he hasn't responded. And then mm-hmm. he'll text me randomly starting a conversation the next time and be like, oh, I just saw that I never responded to this. Sorry. Yeah. So, like, I'm not worried about it from, like, a he thinks I'm weird, like, now he never will speak to me again perspective. I'm just more annoyed with myself that I didn't appropriately ask him for what I wanted. Yeah. I I do know what you mean because it's, like, this – it's now become a thing that did not have to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, whatever. We'll put that aside. Yeah. So, also, I have had – extreme success with Bumble and Hinge matches in the last week or so. Amazing. Yes, but extremely low follow-through, like continued conversation. Okay. 
like to an extent that I have not experienced in quite some time. So they're matching and responding to the initial message, but nothing more? Right. So like we'll have like a little bit of a back and forth about – because I'm mostly asking the favorite appetizer thing. I've been switching it up though too. I keep meaning to do a video about like other openers that I use because I don't always use that one. Right. But like let's say that I did. We'll have like a couple message back and forth about the appetizers and then nothing else. Huh. And that has not been my experience. Yeah. Usually it like segues nicely into something else. Almost always. And like the only actually – I'm sustaining two – I might have a date scheduling for next – going on currently waiting to hear back from him about next week from Hinge. But beyond that, the only two sort of co- active conversations I have are guys that don't even live in New York. They live in Connecticut. That's not ideal. No. I did it to myself. I, I was swiping while I was at a volleyball tournament in Connecticut and there were two guys that like – and I usually just am up there just to kind of see what the haps are, you know, mm-hmm. just like – See who's out there. See the Maybe local see talent. My ex-boyfriend. Yeah, see the local talent. I'm not gonna lie. I am somewhat looking for my ex-boyfriend because I think that'd be funny. Um, not to swipe right, just to be clear. Yes. Normally, I do not swipe right because I don't want to date somebody who lives in Connecticut. But I saw these two profiles over the weekend that really stood out to me. Oh, damn. And so I did, and I matched with both of them, and now I'm talking to them. But like they they live like two two plus hours away. Yeah, you're getting into another like middle distance situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's actually worse than Philly because it's like it's not as easy to get to. Like it's a different, yeah. you know, whatever different uh, mass transit system. Mm-hmm. Are they open to dating someone in New York? We haven't gotten to that. Okay, we have we have both in both conversations we have addressed the fact that I don't live where I was swiping. Got it. But we have not. It has not come to that. It hasn't come to, you know, like, okay, so when are you going to be here next? Like, we haven't – it's very early stages. Of early days. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, that's going on. Um, and my matchmaker contract started today. Amazing. So, when do you foresee, like, a first setup? I think it's a few weeks from now. So, basically, the start of the contract. So, I had my photo shoot a couple weeks ago. I chose my top five photos. Amazing. The The photographer edits them. Um, you know, mild retouching, et cetera, and then returns them back to the matchmaker. And those are the photos that she uses in her outreach to potential matches. Right. And because the it is contract-based, it's a six-month contract. So she doesn't actually start researching and doing outreach until my actual contract start date. Gotcha. Okay. So that is today. Amazing. So the research has begun. The research has begun. The outreach could in theory begin. Um, but she said not to – like don't – She's like, I, you never know, but generally I say don't expect anything within the first few weeks. Okay. Fair enough. It's a process. Yeah, but it's exciting knowing that it's been kicked off. Very exciting. I'm excited to live vicariously through you. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, but yeah, those are the main the main things I have going on, which is not that much. I've been scheduling a lot of friend dinners, like catching up with people that are now kind of starting to be back in the city or, you know, they were traveling a ton at the beginning of the summer and just seeing a bunch of friends I haven't seen in a while, which has been fun. That's awesome. On my end, trivia marches on. So that's great. Yeah. Yes. We love trivia so far. Yeah. Big trivia fan. I've seen him twice since I've been back in LA and we did- back for four days? Yes. Um, No. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Today is the fifth day. That's fair. Okay. 
So I saw him on Thursday night. We went out to dinner, literally closed the restaurant down. They told us we had to get the fuck out. And <laughs> love that. Yeah. And just, you know, fucking yammering on. It was great. Then like at, he's very good at at the conclusion of each date saying like, okay, well, when's like, what's the next plan? Love that. Yeah. Very clear, direct king. Yes. And so at the end of that, he said, you know, when can I see you again? And I've been operating on the, I had plans Friday and Saturday and so did he. And he said his, so his birthday is like the week of recording. And so he oh. has a friend. Yeah. And so he has a friend like coming into town. So he was like, mm. that next week's going to get wonky. You're hopeful to go to Mexico. So let's plan on Sunday. I had, we had talked about me cooking for him for some time because I had talked about how like I love to cook. It, it was ostensibly sort of like a birthday dinner type thing. Right. And so I was like, you pick what do you want it to be? And he said, Thai food. And I said, of course you picked something impossible. Cool. It's a Thank very, you so much. Ag- very aggressive request. Yeah. And I think that in a way he like didn't think he, he doesn't cook. I don't think he thought this through. <laughs> and so, but I love a project um, for our LA listeners or not LA listeners who have visited. If you're familiar with night and market, it's a great tie. There are a couple locations in LA and the guy, I don't know if, I don't know if he's like a personality or whatever, but he has a cookbook associated with the restaurants and a friend of mine has it. And so I said, Hey, can I take, that Thai cookbook and see if there's like anything that looks doable. And I made it happen. Turned out great. I was a little disappointed in the curry. I felt like it could have been like a little gravier. I think it was a little thin. He was very complimentary. I was like a little disappointed in the curry, whatever. I actually always find that when I make curry, I usually end up using cornstarch, which is like not a Thai ingredient or Indian ingredient. But when I make curries, I almost always end up using a cornstarch slurry to thicken it up at the end. I, I should have. Like, I have xanthan gum. Oh, yeah. And I should have just used it. Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's that ship has sailed. But he was so like sweet and impressed. And I really appreciate that because for me, I, I'm like a big acts of service per- person. And so cooking mm. for me is definitely a way that like, I show I care. And so for him to like really receive it as that was really nice where he was like, it's incredible that I had this like insane idea and you made it happen in such a cool way. Like, this is incredible. He was like, is it weird if I take pictures? I was like, no, please do. And brag to your friends. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, so it was like very cute. He ended up, he like stayed until like midnight again. He like brought Trivial Pursuit with him in case we wanted to play. We never even like got to that because like again we were just like talking up a storm. Um yeah. and yeah, he's just like so curious and cute. He kept like looking up how to say things in Thai where he was like, let's say cheers in Thai. And I'm like, you're a nerd, okay. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. I love that. Really Does cute. he know that his name is Trivia and he brought Trivial Pursuit? Um yes. So I did tell him this. <laughs> amazing yeah so i i needed to get it off my chest like that the podcast existed and it happened in a very funny way where he is essentially he's a twitter egg on instagram and um he like has no profile picture he does not post i'm fine with that like i like that vibe on a guy Hmm. i and i am my personal account is private and so he like wanted to see like a picture of my parents and so i like opened my instagram to show him 
Mm-hmm. And so I was, he was like scrolling through my Instagram and he came to the photo that I took at your housewarming where you are tagged in the caption. And so yes. he goes, who's finding Mr. Height? And I was like, oh, go ahead and click on that actually. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and so he did. And I was like, yeah, so like, that's my friend. She's a dating coach and we have a podcast. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> natural. Exactly. Duh. Exactly. It was really funny. And so, um, he was like, Oh my God, like, should I listen? And I'm like, maybe not. Um, I was like, I have like, we give advice and like talk about just sort of general dating stuff. But like, I've talked about you. Don't worry. It's de-identified. Your nickname is trivia. And he actually mentioned that he like brought trivial pursuit, whatever. And, um, he was like, that's like really, he's like, that's very cool. So he was into it, but not like he did not pursue it. Cause when he, when he said, should I like listen? Is it on Spotify? He like picked up his phone to like, I guess, like subscribe in front of me. Yeah. And then when right I there. said like, he like put it down. And so I was like, great. Okay. Yeah. So what are the odds that he is actually going to listen to it? I don't know. It's, I think it's high because like, he's like very sweet about, I told him I was like reading for pleasure again. Uh-huh. He asked which book and I told him and he didn't respond directly to that over text. We talked about something else later. And then last night he was like, oh, so like, what happened? What was the story about with like Owen and Bailey? And I'm like, how do you know the characters names? And he's like, oh, well, like I Googled it and like read the Sonata, like read the like Amazon book jacket so I could like see what it was about. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. He's attentive to what I am saying and yeah, making himself aware of like the things that I'm talking about, which is a good quality. But absolutely. Odds also are decent. Might, yeah. Also might mean that he'll listen, which is fine. It but, is fine. You know, I've been very it's complimentary. Just, it's a note. Yeah. But yeah. That's all. Well, that's so fun. Yes, all good stuff. So now that I'm not going to Mexico, I might see him this week. Great. Silver lining, like you said. Exactly. Do we have any phone throwing? So I, I don't know if I would really consider my my FaceTime date ask fail a phone throwing moment. Like I, I kind of wish I hadn't sent it because I wish I could have phrased that question better. But I don't know. I don't really feel that throwy about it. That's fair. I do think – yeah, I, when we were when you were talking about it, I was feeling like it's like on the bubble, but yeah. I don't think it's I, I don't think it rises to the level of phone throwing. Yeah, it's maybe like a flip over my phone moment. Yes, do you I ever like have that. that? Do you ever have those moments where you're like annoyed with your phone and you're just like, ugh, and you flip it over? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's when like it that. when you're like waiting on a text and it's yeah. somebody else and you're like, fuck. Yeah, and so you just turn it down. Just don't look at this. Then nothing happens if you turn it down. It's good. Exactly. Um, well, very good. We've kept it together. Um, and this week I am, oh, I do have a callback because I just selfishly want to get in on the conversation that you and Alana had about friends okay. and dating. Um, and I just like, couldn't resist not putting in my two cents. Love it. I, I saw this question on our Google doc and I think it's such a good one. I saw a friend's new boyfriend of three ish months on Bumble. Do I tell her there's a chance it's actually an old profile question mark, question mark. Is this even worth it when he probably will just use the I definitely deleted it excuse? Ugh. This has happened to me before. <gasps> oh, interesting. Yeah. They're now married. I have seen I have seen a friend's boyfriend on Bumble. I was 100% sure that it was an old profile that he forgot to delete. Mm-hmm. And also – 100% sure that she would absolutely lose her shit about it. Yeah. So I didn't tell her. I think that's totally fair. 
I would, I do actually think the best indicator here might be, are there any recent photos yeah. from those three months? Yeah, which is tough to tell if you don't know the guy very well. Like Agreed. if you've only I mean your friend's been dating him three months, you've probably only met him a couple times, maybe. I don't know. You don't you probably don't know him well enough to know how old a photo is. Yeah. But yes, I so this was a much more serious boyfriend. As I mentioned, they're now married and this wasn't that long ago. And I I could tell they were all very old. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I was sure that that's what happened. Yeah. I think this is really, really hard. One of the things I thought about doing and like maybe should have, again, a very new boyfriend, this probably isn't an option, but I had direct access to him. I was just going to say that. Is there a way that you can say to him, like, hey, dude, like you might want to 86 this? Yeah. I, I In hindsight, I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I probably could have just said to him, like, yo, you, did you know you have to delete the entire account because you're still showing up? I probably should have. I didn't. But I don't know if that's possible with such a new person. Right. I'm kind of leaning yes, to be honest. Okay. Interesting. The only reason I'm the, – actually, the reason I'm leaning yes is because of how new of a relationship it is where like okay. nip it in the bud if it's an actual issue. And Good let point. her – let her parse through whether she thinks if, – if he does say, I definitely deleted it, I didn't know you had to delete your whole account. Like let her parse through whether she thinks that's true. That's a great call. And I think then like hopefully – she is able to, because I do think there's a way to nuance this conversation and approach it in a healthy way rather than an accusation attack way. Yes. And so I think she has an opportunity to navigate the conversation in a healthy way and hopefully it's all fine and there's no problem because, you know... Th- as much as this girl wants to protect her friend, there is absolutely no proof at this point that he is actively swiping, that he is maintaining this profile. Like, who the hell knows? So, right. um, yeah, I think okay. you can, I'll lean yes. I think you can approach it in a, hey, like, I saw his profile. It's probably old. He probably doesn't know that you have to delete your account. Like, do you want to tell him? Very smart. I like that. You know, so that you are assuming good intent, assuming that nothing, you know, untoward is going on and then your friend can deal with it on her own. Perfect. And also she gets to save face a little bit, right? That like you're not if it comes to be that it is not an old profile, she's you're not dealing with a like Alana and I talked about last week, you're not dealing with an I told you so situation. Yeah, that's very true. It, it is t- it, I think what's tricky is that it becomes a little bit outcome oriented where if this if this is an active profile and this guy is a jerk, then and that comes out in another light and then my friend was like, by the way, I saw this uh-huh. at that time. I'm now pit- – like I-, I now can look with 2020 hindsight and say like how dare you. I would have wanted that information. What the fuck? Yeah. But if then it turns out to be an old profile and then it, it – you know, it's it, it's hard not to view it with the lens of like the good versus the bad result. Yeah. But you have to focus on the process. It's hard. Yeah. Agreed. I am very excited for our brand new segment and apparently Logan is too because he's just jumped up here to join me. Based on my Instagram story poll results, people are pumped for us to talk about F-Boy Island. I'm super pumped. I this this show is great. I was a little I was a little slow on it in the begin when it started, I was like, I don't know about this. And it it <laughs> it goes great. I, I'm so happy with it. 80% of responders wanted me to live stream an episode. Oh, amazing. And this okay, is great. before, so for context listeners. 
This is how much Brooke and I are on the same page. I posted an Instagram story. I was watching FBoy Island. I was sending her, we use this like video chat app called Marco Polo. I was sending her Marco Polos about how amazing it is and how she like needed to watch it immediately. I simultaneously posted an Instagram poll being like, hey people, if I live streamed an episode, would you be into that? Should I do this? And then like five minutes later, Rourke was like, what if we start talking about it on the podcast? Yeah. And I had not seen your story. No, I assumed not. It was literally like three to four minutes post doing it. Yeah. And I think that what we can make clear to the audience here is obviously if if you're not watching and you just want to skip this, no problem. If you want to just hear us like shoot the shit about it, stay on. I actually do. I listen to recaps for shows that I do not watch just because I find them <laughs> like people entertaining. And then obviously, best of all worlds, we encourage you to watch this show and listen to our takes. Yeah. And we will put to that end, we will put timestamps as we always do about topic talk versus updates. We will start including... Fboy Island timestamps so that if you did want to totally skip to the topic or whatever it is, or you know what, if you wanted to skip right to the Fboy Island chat, you can. Yes. And it also, it's not going to be like, we're, we're not turning this podcast into a no. TV show recap podcast. No, 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 I no, think, no. Yeah. We're just going to talk about some stuff that we think is relevant to what we're talking about here. Some through lines. Like we're not going to go like episode by episode breakdown necessarily even. Like, we're just going to like Let's talk about like Chris as a whole, you know? Yes. Anyway, so th- those are my ideas. But let's tell people the premise, just to be fair <laughs> to everybody at this point. That, that um, makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So it is a little bit of background. It's actually a show by Alan Gale, who was used to be one of the executive producers of the Bachelor franchise, like the main one, essentially. It was always him and Mike Fleiss as like the two yeah, people. Exactly. Um, but I think Alan was more like, in the weeds of the day-to-day yeah. production. So this is his concept. So what it is, is there are three women who are trying to find love with a group of men. Do you know how many men it is off the top of your head? It's like 20? Yeah, it's 24 because it's 12 okay. and 12. There's three women trying to find love. And there are 24 men who are also there, but only 12 of them are trying to find love. Mm-hmm. They're called nice guys. And the other 12 are self-proclaimed F-boys. Yes. And the women are trying to parse through who is a nice guy and who is an F-boy as they move forward on the show and eliminate people week to week. And there's also a sort of nebulous cash prize. That's the piece that has not been explained to the audience (laughs) yet. There is a cash prize that may or may not be $100,000. It kind of sounds like it might be more. Yeah, it's really not clear. And then the other thing I'm not clear on is what is the situation of a girl technically falling for an F-boy, but then he's like, I've changed. Is Are they going to be held to who they were coming in? I don't know. I think that this is – I think that is one of the reasons why they are being intentionally vague about what happens at the end because I don't think they want people to be able to game it. Yes, true. To make more money – that like I think they're purposefully not telling them what's exactly going to happen. But basically, the F boys are trying to for the listeners just to bring to wrap a bow on this. Like the F boys are trying to convince the women that they're nice guys so that they can eventually win money. Yeah, and the nice guys ostensibly are there to find love and like maybe money would be cool. Right. I could see it being like the prisoner's dilemma of like, do you share or keep? Uh, yeah. 
I would imagine that that's going to come into play. But like, I also understand why they're not really being upfront about that because like the whole idea behind a prisoner's dilemma is you don't know about it. Right. Like it doesn't work if you know it in advance. Yeah. Like Bachelor Pad season two. But anyway, exactly. I digress. <laughs> Incredible moment in TV history. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so that's the premise. And what are your thoughts so far? So, oh, the other thing that we should note is that it's on HBO Max if you're trying to watch. And thus far, they're releasing three episodes a week. So there are currently, as time of recording, three episodes available. By the time you listen to this, there will be six episodes available. Yes. And so also it's hosted by Nikki Glaser, who's a hilarious I comedian. Can't and believe I forgot to mention that. It. She roasts the guys at every turn. It it's is fantastic. It's so funny. It's great. It's so good. Um, yeah. So it's very enjoyable and has a very comedic tone. And yes. so – it makes me question the love of it all, but like, that's fine. Who gives a shit? Okay. So I have several thoughts. I think there are several like people that we need to talk about. And then there's something that I want to talk about also more broadly is that like, I realized that part of the issue here, there's a little bit of tension between voting off F boys and voting off people that you aren't a good match with. And so I realized that like, this is not a, so I drew, um, a matrix where on the X axis, it's fuck boy. Like, you know, in at the end of New York magazine, it's like highbrow, lowbrow, that matrix. Okay. So this, it, it's like fuck boy, nice guy, right? And, or F boy, sorry. And then the Y axis is like actual compatibility. Like I would partner with this person. Mm-hmm. And I think a good example of that was Sarah talking to OG Jared and asking him if he wanted a white picket fence family future and he said i'm going to be honest with you i'm not really sure i want that and let's assume that he's a nice guy this is somebody who's not a good match for her regardless yeah i also am pretty much going to use that as a video clip just so that the audience can see the face i was making at you when you were talking about your fucking matrix (laughs) i thought about doing it on like a whiteboard with a pen (laughs) um you will be taking a picture we will be releasing it um Yes. And I also – that happened in episode three when we should also say in advance that there are going to be spoilers if you haven't watched episodes one through three. Just Yeah. We, uh, we, we're going to talk about the that. three of them as a package. Yeah. So in episode three when Nakia sends Jamie home and Nikki Glazer reveals that Jamie is a nice guy, Nakia says, I knew he was a nice guy. Like she yes. wasn't eliminating him because she thought he was an F-boy. She doesn't like him. Exactly. Or doesn't think they're compatible. Yeah. Um, I think we have to talk about Garrett. So both Garrett's. Garrett or Garrett Powers? Because <laughs> I mean both. Fact, both warrant discussion. The fact that Garrett was not required to use a last name or initial, and the show has just decided that Garrett Powers has to use his full name, unless that's what he goes by. Technically you know it's Garrett M. Okay. Why is Garrett Powers Garrett Powers? Unclear. Okay. Yeah, no one likes him, it seems. However, he and Andrew seem to be vibing out in the Oasis. Yeah. Yes. But he gets, like, called to the mat to get eliminated in episode one. And his they, they're given a chance, essentially, like a plea opportunity. And he goes, I've written a poem. <sighs> and he presents a very basic mediocre it's a terrible poem rhyme scheme poem but my favorite moment 
was it was as if he was a child in front of a class. He reads the poem and then goes, Garrett Powers. <laughs> like fake, like an original poem by Garrett. I so I originally, when Nakia was saying that she found him creepy, I originally was like, oh, that feels a little unfair. Like I haven't really seen him do anything creepy. And then he fucking started whispering in her ear while she was having other conversations. His mouth was like on her ear. Yeah. I think that his approach was bad. I I, I wish we either could have seen more in the edit or like I, I didn't fully get what was going on there. But yeah it, yeah, it was clear when she was giving those confessionals or whatever we want to call them about him being creepy. It was clear that more had happened than what we had seen. Absolutely. Because what we had seen was him expressing authentic interest and maybe she's not into him, but nothing creepy until the like overly familiar ear whisper situation. In keeping with The Bachelor also, their jobs are hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. One of them, oh, yeah. I also want to know what this is. One of them is a forensic nutritionist. I did see that. What is that? Uh, do you think it's some? I'm literally. I'm just gonna fucking say something. Do you think? Do you think it's somebody who analyzes the contents of people's stomachs after they die, like uh, during an autopsy? I don't know. I doubt it, but I would like that for to be what it is. I yeah. highly doubt that that's what it is. We could look. This um, up yeah, we could use the computers. We could have. We could have prepared for this um, segment in any way. <laughs> Gar- Garrett M is probably so. Also, what's like. What's going on here too is in the interviews with the men, they have either, they have been told like, you can make it as clear as you want who you are. And so some are a lot harder to tell than others. And whereas Garrett M, obviously an F boy, like it's not close. Oh, he says he is. Okay. Then done. Like in his confessionals, he actually, yeah. So I do, I think that's important too. As a viewer, you don't know which guys are nice guys and which guys are f boys unless they decide to tell you they're an f boy, and because obviously they have an impetus, like they have incentive to tell you they're a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why a nice guy would pretend to be an f boy. That feels like something that wouldn't happen. Yeah. So yes, Garrett is saying he actually said I'm an f boy in his thing. The producers certainly know which. They are, as we saw when Charlie got eliminated and tried to say he was an F boy, and then we no. heard the producers. What? He was. A, he said he was oh, a nice sorry, guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He tried to say he was a nice guy, and then we heard the producers tell Nikki Glaser, um, "No, this man. We have hours of footage of this man talking about being an F boy." Yeah, because for them to be twelve and twelve, they were cast with an assignment. Yeah, yeah. Y- y- it's not fluid, guys. <laughs> like no. And it also seems from those casting videos that they showed of Charlie, because we were wondering this, you and I, before we started watching, it seems clear that they knew what they were applying for also in some way. Like they knew that they were, they were applying to be an F-boy in some capacity. Yes. Clearly they were prompted to like tell us like crazy dating stories. How do you treat women? Like those are clearly how they were prompted. Right. Um, but I like that Charlie is just kind of comically repentant. And it's just very funny. Yeah, he's like doing like meditation on the beach at in Limbro. Oh, because something else that we forgot to mention. This is a really well structured recap. <laughs> well, it's not a recap. It's fine. Who cares? No, it's not. You're right. That this is the proof, dear listeners, that this is not a recap show. It is just us shooting the shit about a show we like. After contestants get eliminated, they either go to the oasis that Rook mentioned, is where the nice guys go, where there appears to be like delightful service it's like a beautiful villa they're drinking pina coladas by a pool 
overlooking, which is a great touch, overlooking in a place called Limbro, which is can only be described as a hut without a roof. Yeah, it's like a little um, caged in pen. Yeah, as a pen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a straw pen that that the F boys are living in where they appear to have to totally fend for themselves. That's obviously not true. They're obviously being fed. Yeah. Like they're, they're shown like cr- trying to crack coconuts. I'm like 100% sure they're not living off these coconuts they're cracking by themselves. Yeah, no way. But I do appreciate how much Peter – so Peter – in the first episode, three guys are eliminated, two are nice guys, one is an F-boy. So Peter goes by himself to Limbro for the first night. And he leans into the bit. He really does. He was funny. He was so funny. He like has this – I'm sure they provided this for him. But he has this whole like Islander – like Gilligan's Island It's like Island a fishing vest. Outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's like a fishing vest and like this bandana that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And he's like built a home gym out of like bamboo and wood. It's so good. Him giving a tour of the new F the new F boys come in, him giving them a tour of Limbro was one of the best moments. Yeah. No, these are like those are the moments where I'm saying, like, this show is weird. In that like it's mul- the show is multiple things, but it's okay for me. Like it's working. It's great. I like all the things that it is. Yeah, same. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about okay, let's get back to Garrett and talk a little bit about the relationship there. So yeah. the three women are Sarah, CJ, and Nakia. Mm-hmm. And I think to my mind, Nakia has the best head on her shoulders. Yes. I wrote down a lot of things that she said that I think we would say. Um, my favorite was, I'm not looking for a perfect love story. I'm looking for a real love story. Hmm. I thought that was delightful. I don't remember that. I like that. She's taking it very slow with everyone. She's not. She hasn't been willing to kiss anyone yet. And I think her gut is actually pretty well-tuned. I don't think – well, she has been wrong. I think she was wrong the first episode. Oh, interesting. But yeah, I mean, but I also think little she was time too. I also think she wasn't into the vibe anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she eliminated Garrett Powers. Yes. Yes. But not because he was a fuckboy. Yes. Yes. Okay. And Continue. so then Sarah, on the other hand, horrible instincts. Yeah. Disaster. Yeah. And so she is most drawn to this Garrett M who is the completely owns it F boy. And he really lets the audience into his like F boy process in his confessionals where he talks about like, here's where I share my trauma because it like makes me, it makes them think I'm opening up when really the goal is just for them to open their legs up. And on that bachelor podcast that I've mentioned before, game of roses, they talk about how, one of the strategies that people use on The Bachelor to make people feel closer to you, and maybe this is like something we should be aware of, they called it they call it wall game, where you build a wall to subsequently overcome it. That but you were always going to, but you make the person feel like you're overcoming it for them. And he brings up how he has this like wall of abandonment because of his adoption, and so then now Sarah is going to be like, oh, he's overcoming this to be with me, and like I'll make him feel safe. Yeah, I. I have to admit, so later in episode three, and we don't know if this is genuine. Yes. But later in episode three, Garrett appears and says that he is actually starting to like Sarah. And fuck me sideways, I believe him. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. I do. do. And I... This is why I'm so susceptible to this shit is because I believe the best in people. And when he's like, 
all doe-eyed and saying that he's really starting to like her and he's almost like dewy-eyed. That's a fair point because part of my question in enjoying this show is what is this doing to us? Because one of the first things that CJ says when they arrive is let's be really aware of the ones that are nice to us because that's suspicious, (laughs) which is such a bad lesson. Right. At the same time, she has been the most on it, I would say, about who is an F-boy and who isn't. Like, I think, like... I'm really worried about the guy. I, she, I think she knows he's an F-boy, actually. Oh, no, she absolutely knows she's an, he's an okay, F-boy. Cool. She doesn't think he's a nice guy. She likes him anyway. Yeah, I, I like him, too. Same. His humor hits. He's good. Yes. Yeah, he's very good. What's his name? Casey. Casey, thank you. Oh, because they, they're both CJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he has CJ tattooed on his arm, which is... Wild. Psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in any case, I, I I believe it. But the thing, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is that I wish that the women were a little wiser to the game than they are. Yeah. So for example, so they've got this great, we will see how this progresses throughout the season, but currently they have this great camaraderie amongst the three of them where they're like looking out for each other. We see that kind of start to crack maybe a little bit. I was going to say, like CJ holding Sarah hostage to the Chris situation, I don't think was cool. Yeah, I totally... Wasn't it Nakia? Didn't Nakia want to eliminate Chris? No, it was Sarah. Oh, it was. Um, Oh yeah, you're right. And CJ was like, wait, what? And so which... That part was interesting too because I'm surprised they hadn't discussed who they were eliminating. I bet you they discuss it with producers, but not each other. They're not allowed to talk to each other about it, maybe, because she was very genuinely surprised. Very. But yeah, her like holding, because she doesn't like Chris, she just likes that he gives her information. Yes. Which is valid, but in any case, the thing that I wish they were a little wiser to is like Chris's information, CJ is taking as gospel. And it's not. He is a competitor. He is actively competing against these other men. I'm not saying that his information isn't true because it might be. And some of it we know is because we've seen Some of it has checked out, yeah. Footage, yeah. But we don't know. So like specifically his information about Colin, the guy that Nakia is into but is worried is an F-boy. That I think – that was thrown out on like the first day. I think that was legit just to cause chaos. That one in particular. I think so too. And there there is – we have seen no evidence that, that it's true. Colin seems genuinely upset that it's being said about him. Agreed. This man has the kindest eyes I've ever seen. I like Colin. He seems very sweet. Yeah. And I think, yeah, so I just wish that rather than, and Nikia and Sarah too, when CJ came back with this information from Chris, both of them were like, oh, Colin must be an F-boy. And subsequently are like, well, there's rumors going around that Colin is an F-boy. No, no, no. There aren't rumors. One of his competitors told you that yeah there's a big difference huge i also think and i mean you see it in og jared i think's confessional that that save also kind of blows up their spot yes yeah where chris Chris has been exposed (laughs) she's ruined yeah like in doing that she's now a i think undermined her relationship with the other women yeah and b she she isn't even getting to keep what she had before because you're right she is now totally exposed what may save her what may save cj in the eyes of sarah though is how incredibly defensive she got when that guy just like freaking mic dropped the info on his elimination and said like garrett has a girlfriend greg has a girlfriend and cj was like 
not letting it go with Garrett. And he, he did confess. And like, this actually, I actually think this must happen all the time that you are probably in a casting process for a dating show, start dating somebody and then are like, oh shit, honey, I got that show. I'm going to go. Absolutely. Like I can see that happening to me right now. Like, let's say not that there's a show that I'm interested in applying for, but like there, I mean, you know, there actually was one that timing didn't work out. Let's say I had gotten that show. I would have started filming next next month, in a month from now. I could very easily, in the time since that conversation happened and September, yes, be in an exclusive relationship right. and have signed a contract to go do this thing. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, and so I'm I'm empathetic to the situation, but also it, it did not. It certainly did not look good, and CJ really did hold his feet to the fire. And so I think Sarah might view that as like girl code. She had my back. Yeah. We'll see. That's fair. We'll see. That's that's where it ended on the end of episode three. That's where it ended. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets. If you want to come experience some magic live, we want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week, so and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrheight.com slash live to find an easy link, also in our bios, to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. And I actually think that this show is sort of a perfect transition into our topic today because the entire show is people sending mixed signals. Yes. The most mixed. But um, we do have a weird or not. Oh, I forgot the weird or not. Good job. Thank you. So this week's Weird or Not is inspired by something that happened to me literally this morning, and I posted about it, and I got a massive amount of engagement in my story, and I thought we just have to talk about it. And that is that a dating app match messages you, hey, beautiful, hey, handsome, my specific one was good morning, beautiful, something along those lines. Is this a text or an opener? What is, what is this? In my case, I had been chatting with him a little bit. We ended our conversation last night, and this morning he said, "Good morning, beautiful." Okay, so we've, we've never met. Yes, that part. That part I knew. Um, I mean, I think this is weird, and it makes me uncomfortable. However, I'm also not a words of affirmation person. I don't want to discount people liking a sort of simple, not aggressive physical compliment. Um, it's not like creepily specific. It's not sexual. I think I'm gonna say sixty weird, forty nah. A little weirder than that. 6733. Okay. Then, I mean, yeah, I I agree with that, but I get that split. I I do too. And 
most of the people who said it was weird said exactly what I said in my story, which that it's overfamiliar. They don't know me like that. It also feels like something they say to a lot of people, given that they True. don't know me. However, your looks are one of the few things they do know about you. And therefore, yes. like, you are beautiful. Like, you know, so it's like, I, I, I feel the tension there. It is totally true. And people that said it was not weird, a, a lot of people said that. They're like, but we matched on a dating app where we swiped largely, let's be honest, on somebody's picture. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I want them to think I'm beautiful. I want them to think I'm handsome. That's the idea here. And it's a compliment. Right. However, I just get – it makes me uncomfortable. Like I just think I don't really want physical compliments like that so early on from somebody I don't know even if they didn't intend it that way. And that's something that some a, a few people that said it wasn't weird said that like, oh, well, I don't see the malicious intent here. Like it's they didn't mean it that way. And I I agree. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a difference between like sussing out some that's not the standard, right? No. And you know what else isn't the standard? Creepier things they could have said. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of people who said it wasn't weird said like at least they didn't say something terrible. Like, no, 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 no. That's not the bar. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no. We cannot. We cannot set it. We've already been accused of having the bar too low. We, we're not going there. So true. But I do think you're right that there. And people said this too that there is a distinction between something you don't like and something that's actually weird. Yes. Yeah. Exa- no. That's actually very true. So I, although I think it's weird, I'm not cutting somebody off because of it. So I actually have a script that I sent back. Share it. So I said. So he said. Morning beautiful. I said, good morning. I appreciate your intent, but the morning beautiful message having never met you is a bit too familiar for my comfort. And how did he react? He sent a home alone, I'm sorry gif and then said, won't happen again. And then he changed the subject. Wonderful. Yes. Took the feedback, moved right along. Love it. Yes. Like that is the gold standard of how you want somebody to reply when you set a boundary. You want them to apologize for having crossed the boundary, even though they didn't know about it. And then you want them to commit to not doing it again. Love. Because one of the things that I think can be tough about setting boundaries is is you're worried that the other person is going to freak out on you, that they didn't know about this boundary and like how dare you be upset at them for crossing a boundary they didn't know about. True. Yes. So I think your tech script walks that nuance line really well. Thank you. That, but that's why I put in there, I know this wasn't your intent, right? Like I'm, a, I'm assuming yes. good intent. And I think it's a very safe assumption with a good morning, beautiful text that there is no bad intent there. Totally. Yeah. So Unless he's an F-boy. Unless it's all a game. <laughs> oh, very good. So now we can actually talk about the topic that we came here to talk about, which is mixed signals. Yes. I feel like we've been giving the listeners mixed signals <laughs> up until this yes. moment. <laughs> what, who, what is this show? What do, they, yeah. what do they talk about on this show? It was funny when I was recording with Alana last week and I – said to her like she at some point she was like oh and now we're like x number of minutes into this podcast and we haven't discussed the topic yet i was like oh this is great actually we are do we are making great time killing it relative to our usual like meandering path towards our eventual topic we have uh we have reached it our typical meandering path towards the topic has reached its destination and that is mixed signals we hate them Yes. And I think that this dovetails nicely with other things we talk about, as a lot of this stuff often does, in that I think mixed signals can often be how, like, you end up in a situationship and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's like 
actually, some uh, a dating coach that I like a lot, who hopefully will be on the pod someday soon, Sean Galanos at the Love Drive. He posted a video today about how sometimes the phrase "actions speak louder than words" can get you into trouble if Ooh, you trust somebody's. Yeah, and I think we'll get into more of that if you trust somebody's actions versus their words. But I think that's the issue: is that like with mixed signals. Oftentimes, those two things don't align, and it's like, which one do we trust? And it's not always clear which one you should. Totally. And so, obviously, like, I think the bulk of our conversation is probably going to be about receiving mixed signals. I think we should touch on how not to send them, but I think that that's less what people are – naturally, people are asking about, this is happening to me. Can we dissect this? It's not like I think I'm doing this, you know? And Uh, so, yeah. Um, And I think that when I was going through the questions that our listeners have asked, they fall into two categories of a lot of people notice a difference between an in-person interaction and a text interaction. Mm. And then there's also an issue of somebody whose actions seem to be telling me they really like me and they want a relationship, but then they're telling me something is holding them back. And that is where I will talk about Sean's advice. But let's talk about the first bucket first. So to start us off, let's start with the text difference. Yeah. And so we have a listener question. Starts off, hi, ladies. Love the pod and all the great advice. You know, hopefully we can bring that here. (laughs) So this – I'm going to summarize a little bit of it and then read her – or read their language in for the rest of it. Great. This person – matched. It sounds like they've been talking for about six weeks, but they've only been on two dates in that time. The listener likes a lot about this person, a lot of the same values. They feel like they're really open. You know, there's a lot of good stuff here. And now I'm going to read what they have to say. However, his laid back personality translates into minimal communication in between dates. He's been very clear and direct about being interested and made time in a very busy schedule to plan a second date, but he rarely initiates a text conversation and is literally too busy to text for the most part. After the last date, we went a whole week without talking before I reached out. Long story short, should I trust my gut that our in-person connection is real and worth pursuing, or should I take his busy schedule and lack of texting as a red flag? I don't mind it moving slow, but I don't want to waste my time. This is a a situation that I think a lot of people struggle with where absolutely I've had a lot of clients talk to me about what they view as hot and cold behavior mm-hmm. especially over text message and I think that what we are are reading as hot and cold behavior or mixed signals is actually a lot of times just a difference in communication style and preference mm-hmm. between two people yeah what they are viewing as a lack of texting, they are comparing it to a norm, right? Like when, you, when you're saying that you think somebody is hot and cold via text or that somebody is not communicative via text, you're comparing that to a standard that you have in your head. Yes, exactly. Like this is what I would like. This is the level that I would like. This person is either meeting or falling below that or potentially exceeding it in a way that I don't like. Right. Or this is what I've experienced in the past. Like whatever, however you've determined that barometer for yourself, you're comparing each person's behavior to that thing. But they don't necessarily have that same standard or experience or preference. Mm -hmm. And so this person could very well be, so the listener asks, should I trust that my gut, should I trust my gut that our in-person connection is real and worth pursuing? Those are actually two different questions. 
Mm, that's a very good distinction. So I think that is the in-person connection real? Probably. Uh, all signs point to yes. If all signs point to yeah. yes, like especially if like you're feeling really good, like you like you said about how to know if you want to go on a second date with somebody. How do you feel about some about them when you leave them? You know how how do they make you feel when you're on that date? It sounds like this listener feels great with this person. Totally agreed. But is it worth pursuing? Is a totally different question because there is a lot that this listener is not getting mm-hmm. from him, and that is the next part of the question. The listener asked, "Should I take his busy schedule as a red flag?" If you want to date somebody who has more availability for you, then yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think the first step is is opening up that communication. I mean, like we always say, that's the key to everything, right? Is opening up that conversation to talk about that potential mismatch in expectations. Yeah. And it's crazy how much texting behavior has become a part of our dating parlance, where I think it was a Chris Rock joke when he and his wife got a divorce. He was doing stand-up at that time. And he said, yeah, fine, you know, come at me for a divorce where we own, where we lasted, you know, let's call it, let's say the relationship, the marriage was 15 years. I, I don't remember. But yeah. he said, you know, my parents were together for 40 years, but they would go away for eight hours a day and then come back and have a silent dinner. And he's like, I have talked to this woman for 80 years because <laughs> we've been texting and we've been. And so it was like, he was like making this argument that their communication made their relationship much longer. So you like couldn't judge him. It was very funny. Anyway, it like, it is wild how this new mode of communication changes what we like want and expect from somebody. I think that this goes back to living your own standards of, is this is this working for you or is this defeating your goals as a dater? I think it's a great sign that this person carves out time of, in all caps, very busy schedule to plan dates. However, if you want to see somebody more than two dates in six weeks, I get that too. Absolutely. That's valid. I When, when I read that of we've been on two dates in six weeks, I, my immediate thought was that would not work for me. Yeah. Unless there was a very clearly communicated reason, like, for example, when you went back to Texas and you were, like, literally not going to be there, but then you're coming back. Like, unless there's a very specific reason why that happened, which I think if there were, we would know about it Mm -hmm. based on the level of detail we got, which is great. Thank you, listener, for all the detail. It helps. It helps. (laughs) But I think we would know based on the detail. I think we would know if there was a reason or a temporary reason, maybe we should say, for that. So – if you want to go on more than two days in six weeks, that's totally valid. Completely. But like maybe he can't offer that or doesn't want to or just hasn't thought about it because he's too busy and say something about it. For me, what can happen is I can sometimes perceive my judgment of somebody being hot and cold changes with my level of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so if I am kind of unsure about how like there's you know is this really a mixed signal or is this my own projection my definition of cold depends on how anxious i'm feeling (laughs) totally like hot is is hot like hot is fine like fine it's the cold part that fucks with you yeah that's very true it's like i i could interpret depending on my level of anxiety about i mean just in general but specifically about the situation 
I could interpret one text as totally fine and that exact same text as the end of the world. Oh, absolutely. I rate, like, I often am like, oh, I'm getting ghosted. No, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, no, sometimes, not. yes, but not in those cases. <laughs> right. So, and that is often the question that I will ask when people say, this person that I'm seeing is hot and cold. It's like, okay, let's talk about the specific examples of what you're perceiving as hot and what you're perceiving as cold. Because hot and cold is completely perception. It's not, that is not an objective thing when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. Because one person's hot could look very different for somebody else and similarly for cold. Yeah. So I think your first step is to figure that out, right? Like, okay, I think this person's being hot and cold. What are the hot things? What are the cold things? Are these things, are these lists truly diametrically opposed? Or are they actually not as different as I think they are? And I am just at varying levels of anxiety about the situation. Right. To to pivot a little bit, I I'm thinking about sort of my own perceptions of mixed signals in past relationships, where I think the it, when it came up for me the most is probably the more actions words mm-hmm. issue, where I've had people people I was in serious relationships with either tell me they loved me or you know say they really wanted to be with me and then their actions made that seem impossible where mm-hmm. i said where i felt like you say you want to like be there for me but then you show up late to thanksgiving you say you want this relationship where we're like building this life and yet you're like you don't act that way i don't that almost seems like much larger than a mixed signal <laughs> um but yeah yeah, I mean that is a mixed signal, but it right, is true. a massive mixed signal relative to the, you know, great in person, potentially a little bit less so via text message. I have had I don't know if I've had that experience specifically where, you know, somebody like talks the talk but doesn't walk the walk, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think I've had the opposite experience where somebody is walking the walk, but they have told me that they don't want a relationship but they're doing all the stuff yeah. that would indicate that they do. But they told me they didn't. <laughs> and that's really cognitively dissonant. Very. And I, I and this is where this is what Sean talks about. This is what I mentioned up at the top, that he talks about how the actions speak louder than words can get you into trouble in this scenario. In fact, he uses those exact words. That's a quote. Because that is where you'll think, well, actions speak louder than words. And his or their actions show that they are – invested in me, you know, showing up to things, introducing me to their friends and family, et cetera, et cetera, insert more actions here. Their words, though, have told me that they're not ready for a relationship or they don't want one or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm going to choose to believe their actions over their words. And that is the wrong decision. Totally. I I mean, I actually think both of them are the wrong decision where the advice, like my friend's husband, when I was like going through this with this ex, my friend's husband said to me, like, declarations are very easy. Mm-hmm. I I think it is one of those, like, when you take the LSAT, you have to, like, learn about these, like, logic problems where one of the things that they'll try to trick you into is things that, like, don't work in reverse. This mm. is something that I think actually does, like, work in reverse where it'll get you into trouble in both directions. Yeah, I think maybe the overarching advice is if actions don't align with words, it's a problem. 
boom, that's, yes, that's the elevator pitch on this. I love that. Yeah, it's not that one's more important than the other. It's if they don't align, danger. Yes, that's that's exactly it. And I think in all of these scenarios that we're talking about, that's what it is, right? Like it's either somebody that's saying all of these great things but then not backing it up with actions like your story or in the reverse, stuff that I've dealt with, somebody that is telling you that they can't give you these things but then like in practice giving them to you. Yeah. Totally. And that's, if we want to tackle another listener question, that's another one that we've gotten where somebody wrote in saying, I've been talking to someone for about two months now. They recently told me they couldn't be in a relationship right now. I know what it sounds like, but they have very valid reasons for needing to hold off. I cannot emphasize enough that they're not making up excuses or being sketchy in any way. I want to be in a relationship, and I do not think I can be casual with this person at all. We don't see each other day to day, so it would be easy to break off, but selfishly, I don't want to. I, I also love that this like isn't technically a question. <laughs> no, it's actually not. I was just thinking that. There's no question. This is just, hey, let me tell you this story. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is exactly what it's – you do know what it sounds like. It is exactly what it sounds like. They don't want to – they can't be in a relationship right now. It doesn't actually matter. I appreciate all of the justifications of why it's valid. Yeah. But it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't, doesn't actually matter if the reason is valid or if they're being sketchy. What matters is the fact that they can't be in a relationship right now. It doesn't matter why. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. Yeah, exactly. So th- there are a variety of solutions to make signals, right? One of them is sort of what this listener poses, which is, accept sort of the lower of the two. So if they're not in alignment, if one is kind of falling below the other, you're accepting the trailing edge. That's not a solution that I think is going to work out for you emotionally. No. Question mark? And it's – the listener says that selfishly I don't want to, but I actually think that what they are doing by continuing things with this person does not have their own self-interest in mind at all. Agreed. And it's diametrically opposed to, I want a relationship and I can't be casual with this person, but I also can't quit them. Right. But that, like, you can't have all of these things, you know? Agreed. So I think that's where, and I also don't know, we don't have enough context to know this, but I'm not even sure if this person is sending our listener mixed signals. That's a very good point. They might be. They might be. But the, the advice remains the same. Like, you know they can't be in a relationship. You know that you want a relationship. And you know that you are too emotionally invested in this situation to not have one. Yes. Very true. We got to end it. Farewell, sir. Or yes. ma'am. Or, or anybody. But I, I do think that this, again, comes to how much how – does, how does it feel for you to receive these mixed signals? How much anxiety is this causing you? Yeah. This submission is laced with – anxiety Mm -hmm. in a, you know, anxiety about ending something and how hard that's going to be. And, but I know, you know, that push pull, I know I want this and this person can't give me it, but ending it would be so terrible. Like that sounds like a lot to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It sounds really emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so then is, this sounds like an opportunity to uh, call out is going to be too strong in a negative way. But this feels like something that needs to be – and I'm generalizing now, not this is not directed to the specific listener – that this is something 
a behavior that needs to be called out, not in a way of scolding somebody, but in a way of saying, hey, it feels great when we're in person. I like you. And yet when we don't talk for three days, I start to feel like you might not want this. Can we clear that up? You know, like that's a terrible text script. That's why I'm not that that side of this business. But <laughs> um, but that I think is sort of the the gist. Yeah, I think – and I honestly don't think it's a text script because in this scenario, if you have identified that this person is not meeting your standard of texting and not communicating via text in the way that you would like to with a partner, texting is probably not the best vehicle mm-hmm. to have that conversation. That's a great point. It's a great point. But then I guess even more – like taking a step back even further at a higher level – in any in in even a actions words scenario in all of these scenarios it's a conversation absolutely yeah yes because i think that yeah first of all in the actions words it, you're probably further along true with somebody and at, at which point this is a larger conversation about probably a relationship and that is certainly a conversation not a text message you could however have a more early situation where somebody's texting is is not feeling good for you yeah where like that is not such a massive issue that it must be discussed in person but the reason i think you should is because you know they're not a good texter or they're i don't want to say they're not a good texter you know they don't text in the way that you you do Mm -hmm. so the chances that you're going to feel good about a text conversation with them about their texting style that you don't like is really small yeah, that's a great point. That sounds like a recipe for creating anxiety within yourself. Yes. It sounds like a situation where you're going to send a text and then like watch your phone until they reply and then you're going to see them typing and then stop typing and then start typing and stop typing. It just – it's going to be terrible. The literal worst. I think I told this story on the podcast many moons ago, one of the first episodes of a girl I know was seeing a guy pretty early days, had a great in-person rapport texting with shit. And on one of the dates in person, she, in a very lighthearted way, said, hey, you like me, right? And Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. And he said, yeah, what do you mean? And she goes, okay, because when we text, it really seems like you don't. And they had to laugh about it. And he said, I'm so sorry. That is totally not my intent. I'm just like a weirdly stiff texter, I guess. And he's been making like a really lovely effort ever since then. And so I think that Especially if it's early and, again, assume good intent. I think that's a really, like, nice way to approach it. Yeah. I think you did tell that on a, on podcast. But you know when you also told me that story is on our very first date of this year when you came down to San Diego and we, like, had our first, like, coffee date in, like, years and years and years and years and talked about doing a podcast. Yes, you're right, because the Duke would let much time Uh go by between texts. Yeah, because I was dealing with the Duke situation at the time, and so you told me that anecdote. Yeah, I just had a flashback of sitting, like, up on the cliffs. On the cliffs. Um, Yeah, and that's a great example of somebody expressing – how somebody else's behavior is making them feel, the other person realizing, oh, no, I did not mean to make you feel that way. Let me make efforts to fix that. Yeah. And hopefully also, and I assume this is true if things are still going well with them, hopefully also your friend is able to like 
see those efforts. And even if they're not getting all the way to what she was hoping is happy with that. Absolutely. And I think this does in some ways go back to what we talk about with our partners not necessarily like needing to meet all needs. Mm. Where, for example, like I'm incredibly close with my dad and yet there are certain things that I can't bring him because his reaction is going to be pointless feedback. And <laughs> um, and like I don't mean that's like it's invaluable. He just looks through the world sometimes with a lens that I don't. And uh-huh. so whether it's text, in person, whatever, it just doesn't make sense to have that dialogue. And so I have girlfriends that respond instantly. And so I know like if I need something in the moment – I will text them and that is a-okay. And like, those are my people for that situation. And so I don't think I, I, this goes back to like, try to meet each other in the middle, recognize that you both can recognize efforts in each direction, like your efforts to not expect instant responses, his efforts or her efforts to uh, step up the responses, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also think checking in on yourself of whether – of what it is that you're actually experiencing and whether the thing that you're experiencing is coming from something in you or something with them. Mm-hmm. And I I have dealt with this having worked through anxious attachment issues and still continuing to work through anxious attachment issues where I have had that, oh my God, I'm getting ghosted feeling and realized that it's it's not anything the other person has done. In fact, it isn't even something I want to give feedback on to them because yeah. it is so it is so out of scope of something that they should have been doing. Yes, but it is really difficult to recognize that for yourself. It is really hard. I to me, that's when I really like sending like have a friend that is a safe space for you that will kindly reality check you and not necessarily amp up what you're like obviously i you want your friends to be like cheerleaders and support your feelings and your feelings validity but maybe sort of reality test it a little bit so like i've definitely sent screenshots where i'm like this is normal right like this this text like feels like a good response and my friends are like yes this you're crazy (laughs) and yeah yeah so i would say like have a safe space where you can check this before you call it out. Yeah. I also, and this is probably more valid once you get into a more, you know, either an exclusive situation or relationship. I have brought partners into my anxiety in some ways that have helped them help me. Mm. And I would love to, I know we're going to do an episode on attachment theory at some point and we'll get more into how I've done this, but I, with the oyster, what one thing he was very good at was I told him that I sometimes feel, you know, that I have had anxious attachment issues, that I sometimes struggle with anxiety in, in dating, and that I I asked him, can I tell you when that's happening? And you'll just know to reassure me no matter what. And that's he really did. nice. And there was like one time when I remember this one specific time, I had left his apartment. This was we had we hadn't been dating that long because this was pre-pandemic because I was on the subway. So we'd probably been dating like three or four weeks, but as we discussed a couple weeks ago, we moved very quickly. So we were already boyfriend and girlfriend at this juncture. And for whatever reason that I could not shake, I had this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that things were terrible with us. Despite the fact that I had 
just left his apartment. Everything was lovely. He had cooked me breakfast. We had had like one minor disagreement, not even argument, just like disagreement of opinion on some like current event thing, like foreshadowing. Yeah, I was about to say. (laughs) But at the time, it was a very insignificant disagreement. And I had this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that everything was terrible and he hated me now because we had had this disagreement. And I was on the subway and I couldn't shake it and I couldn't shake it. And so I just texted him and I said, I'm having an anxious moment. Are are we okay? And we we had previously had this discussion and he was like, of course, like everything's fine. Like we had such a lovely morning. What are you talking about? Everything's great. Great. And were you able to then accept that and trust that? Yes. Okay. That's great. Because then – because I think a lot of people would be like, really? No, really? And so like I I do think there's a balance there where you also have to be aware enough to like take that feedback and internalize it. Yes, definitely. Because you don't want to get to a place where they're then resenting being that safe space for you because you won't believe them. Right. Exactly. You have to actually then like trust. You have to believe them. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, okay, he said everything's okay, everything's okay. And it was. It, it was. Yeah. For a time. <laughs> other things not okay. This. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not other things are not okay. That particular thing was totally fine. <laughs> so then before we wrap, let's like briefly touch on how not to send mixed signals maybe. Love that. Your action should always match your words. Yeah. And I think that that – if you think about that, like if you if you even just bring that to the forefront of your consciousness – of like, what are the things that I am outwardly communicating to people? And what are the things that I'm doing? And how might the things that I'm doing be perceived? Mm-hmm. Do these things, are these things aligned? And not that like, I'm not saying that every person should think about this every time they say or do anything. But if you have gotten feedback that you give mixed signals, or if somebody has told you that your behavior is confusing, if that's something that you know about yourself, then that is something that you might want to keep in the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I think that's absolutely like the nugget takeaway. Great. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I that I will say on that is that if somebody communicates to you that they feel like you're sending mixed signals, please don't say, no, I'm not. Because signals are, are perceived. They are yes. not objective. Very true. And as we say always, impact matters more than intent. So although you are not intending potentially to send mixed signals, the impact is that this other person is confused and thus whatever your intent is, is not working. Right. And you should be more concerned about that. And then you can work your way, work your way to the middle. Exactly. Together. Love it. Well, Allie, this has been a marathon and I've loved it. It's been so good to be back. I just couldn't shut the book up. (laughs) I... This has been great. I'm very excited for everybody's feedback on our new segment. Um, I would like to continue to do it anyways, regardless of feedback. Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, Send it informally, not as an Apple iTunes review. (laughs) Please. please. That is such a good point. If you didn't like the F-Boy Island recap, we have a Google form for you. It is at findingmrhyde.com slash podcast. We are so, 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 so happy to take all your feedback and suggestions there. Also in review form. Yeah. If you love the pod but don't love that one thing, that's for the form. Yes. And if you have um, – you know, I part of the reason for the idea of that was to create the feeling of a group text of friends who's, you know, watching a show, having a watch party. And so if you have friends that are watching FY Island that might just want to, like, tune in for that segment, send that to them, share, you know. We're, we're branching out. We're diversifying. Absolutely. So, and I haven't forgotten about the live stream idea because I still think that would be a ton of fun. Totally. So maybe we can do one together. Yeah, that'd be great. 
All right. Well, as usual, have a great night. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.